Greetings. This is your coach. This is your motivator. This is your encourager. Yes, even your mentor, Rhonda Taylor, coming to you on this beautiful day to tell you one thing. You got this. Uh Uh-huh. You got this. Now, that is not my topic, okay? (laughs) I just want to get that out of the, get that in the air so you will know you got this in advance, okay? Today, I'm going to talk out of my book, The Game Changer. For some of you that already have the book, you already know what what it's about. And for some of you that don't have it, I will be sharing uh, you know, different chapters in the book that will help you to catapult you forward. As you know, I'm a person, I don't mind sharing and helping others to push them forward because I always tell, I used to tell my children and I used to tell people that was real close to me that I hold dear to my heart. I tell them the things that I'm giving you, I didn't get it. Because sometimes, you know, you around people and they get a little stingy, okay? Uh, They don't like to share. Uh, They feel like if they give you too much information that you would maybe outgrow them. So they care not to share so much with you. They'll give you just a little bit and then they'll, you know, leave you hanging. Because once again, they're afraid that you may just outgrow them. Well, that's not my case. I'm a person that I will share you my ins and outs, the things that I did that was wrong, the things that I did that was right, the mistakes that I made, the the stumbling blocks that was in my way, the stumbling blocks that I caused myself, the mistakes that I caused myself. I would never always shift the blame on somebody else. I would always tell you, hey, I made this mistake. God didn't tell me to do that. You know, I did it. I paid for it. And, you know, so let me tell you, don't do that. You know, I'm not too proud to say, hey, you know, some people, they they quit to say everything that somebody else did or that person. Have you ever been to in a relationship and every time you you would get in a relationship, that person would always say what that person did that was bad. And then you come to find out you've been in a relationship with them long enough that uh, maybe that person was telling the truth. You see, and so that's why it's, it's, it's good to listen, but it's also good to observe that person's behavior for yourself. Okay, and people that's been around me I always say my life, the, the way that I walk is the, is the same way that I talk. I, I don't say one thing with my mouth and walk a different way. I don't tell anybody live holy for the Lord God is holy. And then I'm doing the opposite. I, I'm, I won't tell you uh, things like, uh, you shouldn't mistreat people and I'm mistreating people. Or I wouldn't tell you that, you know, love people that hurt you and I'm hating those that hurt me. That's, that's contradictive. You know, that's like a person that's saying one thing with their mouth, but they're doing one thing. They're walking a different direction. You won't get that out of me. I will tell you my downfalls. I will tell you where I messed up. I will tell you where I failed. The reason why I do that, because I don't want you to make the same mistake. And even if you do, you will say, well, you know what? I had this coach. I had this mentor. I had this lady that was encouraging me. I had this leader that was encouraging me. And she would always tell me the things where she failed, where the errors that she made in life and that she wanted to always help me to do better. She may have been even in a situation right then. And she was telling me the errors, the things that she, the mistakes that she made, that she went left when God told her to go right. And she paid for it or still paying for it or have paid for it. However you, you may want to, you know, uh, say it, but I still, I always live life by example. Uh, I don't never tell a person 
you a fool for taking that. Uh, especially if I know I've been a person tell her, well, I went through that. I would never tell a person, you crazy for, for dealing with that person if they abuse you. No, I'm going to tell you about you and maybe that'll help you to understand and know uh, more about yourself. Then that way you can get out mentally. And once you get out mentally, your body's going to follow your mental. But if I, if I keep hammering you and say, you need to stop and you need to stop, you're going to keep going forward into it. I know all too well because I did that. Every time my, my parents or my dad would tell me one thing, I would do the opposite. And that's just, you know, being brickheaded. You see what I'm saying? So I always tell people my life experience that will help them to move forward. You will never see me live a lie and tell you, I just wouldn't do that. And then you look at me, I'm doing that. You know, uh, I was called to the table one time and I didn't get upset because she told the absolute truth. And my granddaughter said, uh, told me, my oldest granddaughter, she said, uh, Granny, I was reading in your book and you were talking about settling. And I noticed that in, uh, in a part of your life, I seen that you settled. And I said, you're absolutely right. And I'm trying to make that right, what I made wrong, because I disobeyed God. I, I did something God told me not to do, and I paid for it. And so that's why I was, I'm being honest with everybody else to not to do that, okay? And sometimes you get yourself in such a deep situation, and you're praying and asking God to help to either get you out or to strengthen you and, and have, because see, sometimes when you make a decision, a wrong decision, and you put your foot into something that God told you not to put your foot into, and then you, you're, you're, you're stuck until God gets you out. It's going to take God to get you out. And so I always tell people, it's decisions in my past that I made that I can't go and undo it. It's going to take God to help me to undo it. And it's going to take my, you got to get your mind out first. Once your mind is out, then your body will follow your mind. I always tell people that because you can stress about something for so long about a situation, about a money situation, about a job situation, about a business situation, about anything. And this, I'm, I'm going to get to my book, but I have to go ahead and, and, and talk to you because somebody out there is struggling and, and dealing with some things and they're trying to figure out, they're trying to figure their way out. You know, they made some decisions that they know they shouldn't have made and they're paying for it and they're beating themselves up. I'm going to tell you, do not beat yourself up. You done it. Yes, you did. Okay. You're trying to figure out how, ask God to give you strategy, ask God to help you. And God knows if you're really ready to get out of a situation or not. So he will allow, sometimes God will allow you to sit there for a minute until you get that out of your system and to know you've had enough of that. And then here he come, he will give you strategy on what you need to do to get out of that situation. Yes, he will. Or sometimes the thing will become so ugly until you won't return back to it, no matter what. So I always, me personally, I always tell people things and the hangups and the hiccups that I've made in life. That way they won't go in that same direction. And if they do, maybe when they get there, they'll think about, oh man, I remember she had all these talks with me and she told me about her life. You know, I've had, I've had it to where, um, Excuse the, the bell sound. I'm, I'm getting messages and I thought I had muted my phone. I'm so sorry. But it, it's been times where I've shared my, my testimony. I've shared things that I was dealing with with people. And sometimes they would use that against me. And I'm okay with that too because I did it to, to help them, to make them to become better. 
You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes, even though you don't never regret giving your testimony, if God told you to do it, everybody is not ready to give their testimony. The reason being, sometimes a person can give their testimony and they'll go into depression because maybe somebody used their testimony and they dogged them out about it. And they made and they did it in front of everybody, a bunch of churchy people, a bunch of people, religious people. And so it made them go back into a shell. Well, see, allow God to heal you and allow God to give you that. Yes, now it's time for you to help others with your testimony, because I don't care about people judging me about the things that I say. I don't care about that. I, I'm, I'm sh- I share my testimony to help others to see that you're not the only one that made that mistake. You're not the only one that, that, that walked down that avenue. You're not the only one that went left when God told you to go right. You're not the, the Bible is full of those type of people. The Bible is full of mistakes. The Bible is full of, th- of things that people did opposite of what God told them. They paid for it. They straightened up and they did better. Look at Peter. Look at Peter. God told Peter that he was going to deny him. Peter said, no, I'm not. Peter did the opposite, but God still did what he did. He built a church on Peter. So you cannot tell me, don't let anybody make you feel so bad. Like you done messed up so bad that God will not forgive you. And that what you did was just, man, God, he's not going to forgive you for that sin. That's a, that's a lie that's been told by a lot of people. God will forgive you. God is a forg- if God forgave me for things that I've done in my past and it's been plenty, plenty of old things, okay? Ugly things, dirty things. God healed me and delivered me and he knew that the same mercy that he gave me even though yes, you're going to get tired and you got to know the real responsibility apart from false responsibility. Cause you got some people that will come to you and they come into you to drain and you got some that's coming to you and God assigns you to them. You don't give up on the ones, you know, for sure that God assigns you to them. If God assigns you to them, he's going to give you strategy. He's going to give you grace. He's going to give you mercy on how to deal with them. Okay. You don't give up on people so easily. Okay. You, if, if God didn't assign you to certain people, he's not going to give you the grace to deal with it. Okay. He's not going to, he's, he's not going to do it. Okay. Sometimes when you helping people and you know, you helping more than one with me, I help so many people, so many people overseas, different people. I'm not just tied to people here in the United States. I'm tied to people everywhere. And, and, and every now and then I have to bag up and regroup because I get overwhelmed because I've been a person in the past to where I would carry people for a long time. And I just would not put it down for a minute and take a break and then go back and start over again. And then some people I was holding on to today, they, they just want to do everything that they want to do. And still that in that same position, they want to do what they want to do. And they want to pretend like they are part of what you're doing. They want to do that just to stay in your circle. You got to know those apart from those that you are assigned to. I was told this years ago, I got irritated and mad, but it was the truth. I had a person to tell me, you, you keep dealing with people that don't want to do nothing for you. You keep dealing with people that don't even interest nothing that you're doing. They just want what you have and they draining you. Those are the people you spending too much time on. I got mad, but that was a true statement. It was a very true statement. Very true. Okay. We got to learn to eat the meat and throw away the bones. Okay. We're not, we're not made to digest bones. You, you throw that away. 
Okay. Now let me move forward because I have spent 11 minutes and 47 seconds on giving you a brief of my testimony and things that, you know, I went through and how I tried to help people. Now let's move forward. The introduction of the game changer written by Rhonda Taylor. And I am the author and the, uh, I'm sorry. My editor is Dejanae Yates. Shanice Yates. Let me correct that. Okay. Which is my oldest granddaughter. Okay. The introduction to this book will push you. It will stir your spirit. It would ignite you and motivate you to want to do better. Okay. As you know, I'm a professional certified life coach, extending lifelines. Okay. I extend lifelines to those that need that push, that motivation to catapult them and to move them forward. I pray that you got that. Do I need to repeat that? Okay, I'm going to do that. Okay, this book will push you, stir you and ignite your spirit. Okay, it will motivate you to want to do better. Okay, I'm a professional certified life coach. Okay, it's called Extending Lifelines. Okay, everything that I do and have, God have given it to me from the names to how to even operate in it, extending lifelines, being that fibrillator to those that have literally flatlined. That is my job to extend lifelines to those that are drowning. Okay. Uh, I am to catapult. Catapult means some of you already know, but I'm going to tell those that don't know. Okay. Catapult meaning is to throw or to launch by, or as if it is to, by catapulting you to, to push you. I am the help that will navigate you into the direction in which you are trying to go to hold you accountable. Also, as you move through this book, the game changer, the blinders will fall off. I'm sorry. You will begin to move your feet along with your words. Now dive in again. I am the game changer. I am your coach. Rhonda Taylor, chapter one, as a mother, this is now, now we want to, this is the chapter. This is the verse. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so used to Bible. You heard me say verse chapter one, ready, set, grow. That's okay. That's the title to chapter one, ready, set, grow as a mother giving birth to three children. We all know about babies, correct? After fertilization and implantation, a baby is at first just an embryo, okay? Two layers of cells from which all the organs and the body parts will develop quickly. Your body is is soon about, uh, it's about the size of, the baby is the size about a kidney bean, okay? That baby in 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 your womb is the size of a kidney bean. Do you know the size of a kidney bean? Go look it up, okay? It, it With consistent movement. I recall, I'm going to put a pin there. I recall when I was pregnant, I got uh, pregnant at the age of 14. I had my first child at 15. And something felt like it was just, I was laying on the couch, didn't even know I was pregnant. And I was with my mom and dad at the time. And I was lying on the couch watching TV and it felt like something was just moving, just moving in my stomach, like, ugh. And it was crawling, like it was something crawling. And I kept pushing against the sofa with my feet, like, oh, what is this in my stomach? I feel like it's crawling. So I called my mom, I said, mama. And she came in there and she said, what is it? I said, I feel like something crawling around in my stomach. 
She said, is it painful? I said, no, it's just, it's irritating me. I can't take it. I was gritting my teeth and balling up my hand. Then I got the cover. I started biting on the cover. It's like it was moving around. Okay. And I just had to share that because that was an experience that my first experience of feeling something moving around in my stomach like that. Okay, now moving forward with the heartbeat is beating rapidly. Okay, the earlobes, the eyelids, the mouth. I'm sorry, the mouth and the nose are also taking shape, taking a shape. Okay, is budding. Your son or your daughter is being made. Okay, the baby began to grow. As a mother, you become uncomfortable due to the growth of the baby kicks, it's moving, and etc. Now it's labor time. Okay, I'm going to put a pin right there. Okay, being a mother, you know what it's like if you have given birth to any child. Okay, Uh, it's much pain at labor. Everybody labor is different. Like my first child that I had, it was a very easy labor, but it was still some pain. Okay, even during the first trimesters, it was some irritation with movement and me not being able to keep food on my stomach. And I was still real skinny carrying my first child. I was just all stomach, didn't have no weight on me at all. Okay, and and so you you experience and it's just like almost like ministry. It's like having a business. It's like, you know, when you're uh, producing things like you're 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 starting something. And and sometimes it's a lot of pain behind it. Even, you know, I tell people all the time that have ministry sometimes it comes with a lot of pain and a lot of agony and a lot of frustration but do you you do know by the time you get ready to have it and you see it you be like oh my god I worked hard for this and I I'm looking at this now looking at the growth of this you know what I'm saying so I just wanted to lay that out there as I continue to read this book I keep having to stop along the way to kind of give kind of give you a picture of things that you may be dealing with you may not have had any children but you may be going through some pain and you may be going through some movement, some shifting or some, you know what I'm saying? And you're going through all this stuff in your life and you're wondering, what's, what is this taking place? And this is uncomfortable. I don't like this feeling. and I don't like the place that I'm in. And, and it seems like everything is moving slow. And it seems like everybody that I'm getting a, attached to, it seems like they keep doing me wrong. Or it seems like the people that that saying they're working with me, they're working against me. It seems like while I'm while I'm uh, uh, while I'm going in my boat, it's like they drilling little bitty holes and to where I can't see it. But the water is getting in the boat and one thing after the other. So I have to take a pause there and just to tell you, you may not have had any children, but you're experiencing a lot of pain, a lot of delays, a lot of setbacks. And you're wondering, what is it and where is God in all of this? He's right there. He's right there. He's right there. Okay, moving forward. Now it's labor time. The pain is very intense. When the baby comes... You forget all about that pain that you were currently in, that you're currently in now. When that baby comes, you look at that baby and you're like, oh my God. Okay? That happens instantly. It takes over. Now the baby has arrived. Oh my God. When my little girl came here, I said she was my baby doll. And I'm just putting a pin there. I said, you're my baby doll. I'm going to protect you. I will not allow anybody to to tamper with you, to hurt you. You will not go through what I went through as a baby, as a child. 
Nobody better not violate you. Because I knew what it was as a child to be violated. I knew what it was to be robbed of my childhood. I will not let you go through that. So I called her my baby doll. So what did I do every day? Man, I, I think I worked just to buy clothes for her. Just to buy different little hats and shoes. I think I, man, I spent all, I would work and spend all of my money on clothes and shoes for my baby. I would fix her up and put a lot of bows in her head. And my daddy would stop me and say, get all those bows out of that baby's head. That baby got to lay down. That bow, the bows are hurting her, are hurting her head. And not only that, her head looked like a little Christmas tree. Take those bows out. I'm like, leave my baby alone. Then he tell me, take that, that bonnet off of her head. I don't like how that looks. You got my little, you got my little granddaughter looking like a little monkey with those, with those bonnets. I leave my baby alone. I like those hats on my baby. My baby is very pretty. She looks like a baby doll. This is my baby doll. I treated her just like a doll, like I treated my other dolls, but better. Okay. Cause every now and then my baby dolls, they, they was plastic. Their legs would kind of fall off and I got tired of putting their legs back on. I got tired of putting their arms back on with my baby. I made sure everything stayed the way it was supposed to be. <laughs> Okay, when growing through all of the setbacks and the delays and the pain, some which were self-inflicted. Okay, I'm back in the book. Guess what? You're ready to grow up now and push past all the delays, the setbacks, the obstacles, those that doubted you, and even the times when you doubted yourself. I'm going to put a pin there again. Sometimes I doubted myself and I had other people talking real bad about me. She's a baby having a baby and da 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 da. And the, and, the, and the list goes on and on. They talk bad about me. But I took care of my baby. I moved out very early. Got my first apartment at the age of at the age of 15 to be exact. I moved out and got an apartment. Back then, you get an apartment based on your income and my rent was $1. $1. Uh-huh. $1. You know, you based on your income. These apartments I moved in, they was based on my income. You know, it wasn't Section 8. It was based on your income. Just like now, they got places that is based on your income. I think they're called tax credit or whatever they call them. Well, back then, rent was a dollar, you know, or $2. If you, if, you, if, that, if you got a raise, they would go up $5 on your rent. And then, I, you know, you have to make sure you take care of your own food and you, you know... <laughs> You, you, you taking care of everything. And, and I know all too well, I was doubting myself. Like, I know I could take care of my baby because, you know, as a child, I, you know, I took care of kids all my life. You know, I was made to babysit. I was made to, to be a mother to kids at a very young age. You know, uh, at the age of nine and 10 years old, I was made to, to watch babies. I was made to, you know, I was even taken out of school sometimes just to go and see back then people don't realize back then when, when I was like 11 years old and 12 years old, I was very smart, very smart. My sister was sick. And so I would go and sign things for her. I learned how to sign her signature on things and I learned how to enroll her kids, fill out the paperwork and take them there and, and leave them there and come back and bring her the paperwork. And then I've learned all of that at a very young age. So when I had my kids, it was like, man, I knew what to do. I knew how to enroll my babies in school. I didn't have nobody to help me to do none of that. I knew how to go get my kids shots. I knew all of that. I didn't have nobody uh, beside me teaching me and, and training me. Did I have help every now and then? Yes, I did. My mom sometimes would babysit my baby while I would work. 
Or sometimes their daddy would be there babysitting while I would work. You know, this I'm talking about my little girl now. I say they because I'm used to saying they because I have three children now. But back then when I had my one daughter, you know, I worked. And sometimes I would work overtime. And I would still come in and be happy to see my my baby doll, my 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 daughter, because that was my that was my lifeline, you know. It gave me more reason to live and wanted to be here, you know. Moving forward, look at you growing. Your future looks mighty great. You push past all the hardships. You've even pushed past defeat because you realize that you were undefeated. You are unbeaten, unconquered reigning, successful, second to none. You are a champion. I'm going to repeat that to some of you because some of you don't realize, you don't know, you don't understand who you are and whose you are. You are undefeated. You are unbeaten. You are unconquered. You are reigning. You are successful. You are second to none. You are a champion. You are your own brand. I tell people all the time, I'm my own brand, a brand called me. And the first thing they holler, no, you're conceited. No, I'm confident. It was a time I was not. So no, I'm, I'm walking in who God said I am. And if you don't like it, you take it up with God. Okay. Now you operate with a sound mind. A sound mind means the person has sufficient mental capacity to understand their actions. All the things that I've been through in my past, I didn't stop. The plan that God had for my life and what he created on the inside of me. He said, my daughter, ready, set, grow. That's chapter one. Chapter two, keep it moving. You may feel like quitting. Don't keep it moving. You may feel like you can't get up. You can. If you can look up, you can get up. Keep it moving. I'm going to put a pin there because so many people know me by that. Those words right there. Those three words. Keep it moving. Okay. I recall the time in my life when I wanted to give up. I want to give it I wanted to give it all up. I really did. But God had to remind me of the reason I started. It was not about me. It's it's important that that I leave a legacy for my children and their children. They will say after all that my mom, my grandmother went through, she kept it moving. The legacy that I want to leave behind isn't just money but great memories. You must remember that quitting is not an option. I pray, I meditate, I read, I listen to music, I take walks. Oh, and I love to dance, by the way. And I love to strategize. Okay? God is about to blow your mind just because you didn't give up. You did not give up. You kept it moving through all the pain, through all the heartaches, through all the setbacks, through all the delays. You didn't give up. You kept it moving. Okay. I want to encourage you today 
to kick that closet door open and experience something out of your arena. March into the land of the living while enjoying your life. Keep it moving. You really should see how much more life God has for you to experience. Okay? God has so much for you. Okay? I believe it grieves the heart of God to have given you the whole world. And then he see that you settle for a little closet. No matter of the stones being thrown by your enemy. Use them as stepping stones. Can I tell you three other things? Three other words that I use? You got this. I believe in you. My favorite three words is, I'm going to give you a minute to say it. Time's up. Keep it moving. You know why? You got this. That was chapter one and two. I'm going to come back again and I'm going to start to chapter three. Chapter three is don't give up. In my closing, I want to say this to you. I'm, my books are almost like journals. My first book, my second book, my third book, my fourth book, they was like journals. It was, it was basically about my life, things that I've went through, things I've suffered, and to help others to help to navigate them, to show them, if you will, um, there is a way out. There is um, a place of peace. There is a place of joy. There is a place of love. And it's on the inside of you. How to regain the love that you once had for yourself. Because see, I've never ever, it, it's one thing to, if you've been a person to where you loved yourself in the past and you lost yourself somewhere along the, along the way and you, you began putting everybody before you. But I, as I look back over my life, I've never loved myself. I never really been by myself a long period of time. As you heard in the beginning of the podcast, I got pregnant at the age of 14. I had my child at the age of 15. I got married very early. I had three children by the man that I was married to. We settled down at a very early age. We had our first place when I was 15 years old. We had our our first apartment. So as you know, and, and just let me just roll the clock back just a little. Even before then, I wasn't really, see, as a child, I wasn't really taught to love myself because um, of the, uh, I'm trying to find the word to to use. I would say the word mishandle or, um, I'm going to use that word, mishandling. When you mishandle your children or you allow other people to mishandle your children, um, they lose their somewhat their identity of who they are. And all the things that I went through from a baby all the way through my adolescent stages, all the way up to my adulthood, all the way, you know, I literally didn't have a, I'm going to say a life to, uh, to even know or to even, uh, 
think about loving Rhonda because I've always been taught to be a nurturer, to take care of other people. And I believe the reason why I was taught that because my mom was always, my mom and dad, they always nurtured others. They would sometimes go without to just make sure others had. And so I was taught that by my parents because they was taught that maybe by their parents. And you can only teach your children what you know. So I made a pact with God and myself that when I had my children, that it would be different, that I would allow them to be children and to enjoy life and have talks with them and to explain to them certain things. And and as they gotten older, I started to explain to them of the things that they mama encountered when I thought they were ready to hear it. I always taught them to love their dad, to, to be there for their dad, no matter what. They didn't never know anything that me and their dad went to until they got old enough to understand. My oldest daughter was there to see, so she already knew. I didn't have to tell her. She already knew. But I still taught them to love themselves. But sometimes along the way, you no matter how much you teach others how to love themselves, and sometimes it's just them looking at you and, and looking at their grandparents and they knowing, because my children was around my parents too. So they knew my mother was a nurturer because she nurtured all of her grandchildren, all of her children. So that's just like in our DNA that we nurture, that we always taking care of others. We always looking after others, even though sometimes it breaks our heart, but we still nurture. So as you get older, you start to see that you lost so much time in your life with doing those things. And, and when you began to wake up and I, I always use Reese, I've been using a lot recently that I am awake because I'm learning to love Rhonda. I'm learning to love Rhonda more. And sometimes even in loving myself more, sometimes I feel like I'm being selfish because I'm so used to being that nurture, that nurturing person to others. I'm always I'm used to being there for everybody when they're not there for me. And so sometimes uh, when I say I'm going to take a staycation somewhere in the back of my mind, I feel like, oh, let me check on this or let me check on that because I've been so used to nurturing others to where I forgot about Rhonda. But Rhonda is now learning how to love herself and it's taking time. Because it's years after years, it's layers after layers after layers after layers. And when you got so many layers on you, it takes time for those layers to come off, no matter how much you say. And and you got to keep saying it to yourself that I love me. I'm going to take care of me and I'm going to do it. And you got to do it. You got to find your you got to you got to find yourself doing you. But not mistreating anybody, but you got to give yourself some time to yourself. You got to love you in order to be able to really truly love somebody else. You got to give yourself some time in order to be able to give somebody else some time. I always tell people, even in giving gifts, me personally, I give good gifts to people. I don't just throw things. I don't just just throw things together. But you got some people, they are just throw things together to say, I have just given you something. That's not my nature nor my spirit. So if I'm going to do something, I go all out and I make sure that I'm looking at your face to see I got a smile. And it's not just a 
okay smile. It's a, I'm happy of what I have. Okay. In my closing, learn to love yourself. I'm still learning that. And I'm in my late 50s, almost hitting my 60s. And I'm I'm getting it. It's never too late. As long as you're here on this earth, can I tell you, it's never too late to love yourself. It's never too late to change your mind about you. It's never too late to start to do better about you. It's never too late to give yourself a break. It's never too late to take care of those things concerning you. It's never too late to give yourself a break. It's never too late to take vacations. It's never too late to sometimes just go to a movie by yourself. It's never too late to take yourself on a dinner. It's never too late. Give yourself a break. Give yourself love. What do you like to do? What what are the things that makes you smile? What are the things that makes you happy? It's never too late. I want to leave those words with you. It's never too late. It's never too late. And can I tell you, you are the game changer. I am the game changer. You can change the game at any time. Yes, you can. Changing the game means I am the one. The break curses. I am the one to make a difference. I am the game changer. Again, this is Rhonda Taylor. I am your coach. I am your mentor. I am your encourager. I am your motivator. I will be back again for part two and a part three to the game changer written and I am the author of the game changer the editor Dejanae Shanice Yates my granddaughter I'm loving it again I'm the game changer have an amazing day